Hello there and welcome to Trope on a Rope, the show where we delve into the tropes that have come to define cinema and see which films are fine examples of their type and which are a load of old rope. Over the next few weeks we'll be looking at a curious type of film that has become more and more prevalent over the last few years as studios vie for not more money but all of the money and there is no greater golden goose than the movie franchise. But franchises are a fickle thing. Not every franchise reaches the lofty heights of your Star Wars, Marvel, or film where Vin Diesel punches a car in the face. Some franchises slowly fall apart like the DCEU, some limp to their own demise like Fantastic Beasts, and some biff it straight out of the gate. And it's these, franchise false starts, that we gather here to celebrate. Grand plans that came to nothing, and a cheeky call to adventure that we all ignored. So get ready for two plus hours of exposition for a world we'll never come back to. My name's Jeff and I'm joined by Mr. Colin Gerrard. What's up, Earthman? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not too much. I'm actually at my work, my other work at the moment, so uh, that's why the background's shiny. Also echoey. Oh, is it? I gather you're in a large room. Yeah, and it's empty, so... Uh, Oh shit! It is. I can hear the echo myself now. I wish you hadn't pointed that. I wish you hadn't pointed that. It's going to piss me <laughs> off every day. Right. This week we're doing John Carter. Yes. Yes, we are. What a wonderful film. John Carter follows the story of John Carter, which is convenient because that's what the movie's called. What's weird is that hardly anyone calls him by his name. They call him names like Captain, Earthman, Virginia, Dotar Sojat, the Man from Jasum, and later on Jadak but hardly ever by his name, not as much as you would think given the films named after him. You'd think it'd be on the tip of everyone's tongue and at the front of your mind, but no, at the end you could be forgiven for forgetting his name. Luckily they show a title card with his name on it right at the end to help you out. Sorry, I'm getting hung up on the name thing. <laughs> the story is about a dude who goes to Mars and bangs a Mars chick. I forget his name. Um. <laughs> this was a tough watch. I can sit through any film like this beginning to end and watch the whole thing in one sitting. This took me three goes. Do you know, can you think of any reason why? I sat down on the first evening. I watched them in the evening. And uh, usually after the previous episode, I'm like, all right, okay, I've got to watch this next film. So, right, I'll get it out of the way. Then I can spend like the week thinking about it. And then, um, so I sat down and I started watching it and I got an hour into it. And then I thought... Is this how I want to spend my evening? <laughs> if I spend the entire evening watching this film, that's a wasted evening. So I stopped and just did other things. I think I think that um, that thought that you had that happened to me subconsciously. I was watching it, then all of a sudden I wasn't watching it. I don't know what happened, but suddenly I was in a different room. It was still playing in the other room. I got to the bit, you know, after after they leave the the I've got the names of the the the, the green aliens. Tharks. Tharks, thank you. Well, after he leaves the Tharks and um, he's they're traveling across the desert. I got to that bit and just went, yeah, no, I'm 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 done for today. Cheers. Yeah, that, that's 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 really that's a, a coincidence. That's that's where I stopped watching it. It's where where he pushes her off the, that weird animal thing. And she's like, no, no, don't leave me. I can't marry him. That is the, the point where I, I stopped it. I vanished. I Sorry, where I vanished and appeared in another room without knowing how I got there. 
I <laughs> I I managed another half an hour the next day, and then the third day, I I put it back on and it start it's it remembers where where you left it off and I was like right I've done like an hour and a half of this film there's only half an hour left and like maybe ten minutes of that will be the credit so I turned it on and there was a fucking hour left. Marks was it was that. Was there? Um, I do. I actually like the actor, the Thurn guy, shape shifting alien, alien, very grey. Was it Mark Strong? Strong. That's Mark Strong. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him. Usually. Oh no, he's good in this. I mean, he's probably the best part of this. Well, yeah, but I mean, I really like him. So it, it just feels like, why the fuck are you in this movie? <laughs> Did you not notice that this is clearly a shit movie? I tell you what. On that point, there's a lot of there's a lot of famous people in this. Like they threw money at this. Like um, Brian Cranston's in it at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Willem Dafoe's in this. Is he? He's he's one of the um, what are they called the green ones. Tharks. Tharks. He's the leader. Oh, that kind of in it. So just his voice. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't. I assume he's running around in a mocap suit somewhere. But yeah, Disney threw some fucking money at this. Like, the special effects, like, this film's like 10 years old. It looks like it came out now. Like, all the special effects really hold up. Mostly, there's a couple of, like, green screen issues. Especially when he's, like, flying that little speeder thing around the around the moving city. But yeah. apart from that, everything else is quite pucker. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really point to anything bad in the CG at all, really. But it's just baffling that they threw money at this why this is john carter like based on a, a comic book series or something or is it just like a made up just it's based it's based on a book from the 19 uh from 1912 uh it's a book called the prince princess of mars from 1912 yeah, it's fairly obscure outside of America, but in America, I wouldn't even say well-known, actually. Um, it, it's known of. Okay, so that, that, cause that's the only reason I could think they might want to throw money at it, if it was like based on some cult classic comic book that has a massive following, which is which is usually the reason they start a franchise, right? They Because they've already got a base of supporters. Yeah, no, odd. It's one of those things. I think the director, for the director, it was a pra- passion project because he had grown up reading those books and was just like, always wanted to make it. And then Disney went, yeah, we need a franchise. Fuck it. Here, have some money. Um, that said, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb are not too bad. Rotten Tomatoes is 52%, and the IMDb is 6.6. I, I mean, 52%, I kind of agree with. Like, it wasn't so bad that. It was because if it, you know when something's so bad, I actually like that movie, like Mystery Men, shit movie, fucking love it. It's not that, it's not that bad that it's good. It's kind of just uh, meh. Uh, everything at the beginning of the film. Yeah, there's a little bit of a firefight. It doesn't really matter who gives a shit what happens. Um, everything at the beginning is the end of the story. So we'll just circle back to that later. But uh, the stuff in Virginia, the the bits with Brian Cranston. We meet him. He's in he's in a bar. He's trying to find gold. A golden cave. Yeah, he he's a dude looking for gold in the old west. Ex cavalryman. He's a Confederate captain, and Brian Cranston comes in. And Brian Cranston is a Union soldier um, who wants to enlist him to help 
Um, subdue mm. the Apache. And uh, and Junkai hates both of them, Apaches and the soldiers. He don't, they don't explain why straight away. Yeah, he's not into he's he's not into fighting. He just wants he just wants to, uh, to find gold and and to fuck off. And yeah, they don't mention mention why, but um, you know he's he's quiet and brooding and. You know, fuck authority, that kind of that kind of bollocks, and that seems to be most of his personality, which is fuck authority. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, that it? <laughs> yeah, well, they kind of hint that obviously something bad happened to him during the war, which is why he hates everyone. But like, they don't actually mention it. This is kind of allude to it slightly. But yeah, whilst um, whilst Brian Cranston is trying to recruit him, and you, why are you trying to recru- recruit this one guy? He's um, fuck him. Who cares about this guy? He tries to escape a couple of times, which is fun, but he keeps getting getting um, punched in the face and knocked out, which happens a lot in this movie. John Carter gets knocked out and wakes up in random places, like five times in this. Yep, for us, he's a really good superhero. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> oh, what's that? and then gets hit in the face and then falls asleep and then wakes up somewhere random, and you're like, mm, you could have easily died like six times. <laughs> I... Why didn't anyone kill him while he was asleep? Uh, anyway, in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the desert with Brian Cranston, they get chased by by the Apache, and uh, he finds he finds the magic cave, the golden cave, this cave which, if we're honest, isn't very hidden. No, it's pretty much easy to stumble upon it. I mean, it's, the Apache back away from it like it's magic and shit because this is this is the the what they call the Thern. Yeah, the pale dudes. This is the Thern's, I don't know, transport cave. Is there transporter room from from Star Trek? Yeah, is there a tra- transporter room in? I can't remember it on Mars. No, you just wake up in a field. Yeah, but I mean, like when you want to come back to Earth, does he have to go to a special place like he does on Earth, or is it? You just need the um the 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 medallion thing. So why do you need a needed the special cave? Exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. What is the what is the point of the fucking cave? In this cave, he meets a Thern, who's uh, uh, an alien god, whatever the fuck. He's got a special medallion, and if you say certain words into the medallion, you get transported to Mars. Hmm. The idea is that this cave is somehow special, like a like a transporter room, but it's not. You just need the medallion because later he goes back and forth with just the medallion. You only need the medallion to do any of this, bollocks. And yeah. also, you don't get transported; you get projected. So all the time that all the time that he's on Mars, he's not. His body's actually just lying in the cave. Yeah, it's like his. his I don't know. Is it like his soul or his essence is over there? Does that mean that everyone else who lives on Mars is, a, is our spirits? Otherwise, how else? Do they, how do they interact with John Carter if he's just an essence? And if he's not just an essence, then why is he? Is, is, it, is it like a fax machine? They've made a they made a copy of him on Mars. Yeah, that's what they say in the movie. Though it's a copy, but it's but your original body has to be your original body has to be alive still on Earth. So while he's like fucking around on Mars, in this cave, he's just lying there, and it's you know it's just a cave out in nature. Maybe the Apache don't want to go into the cave, but. The cave isn't very well hidden, so anyone could come across it at any time. There's a dying dude in the doorway. Animals can 
clearly going like if an animal comes in and starts like nibbling at you whilst you're projected over in mars what happens do you get little chunks of flesh just disappear from your arm as he <laughs> yeah do body parts yeah that's a good point do body parts start disappearing like in looper also if he's like <laughs> looper that's a good one if um okay if his body's on earth right and it's not allowed to die yeah so does his, the body need to eat? Can it starve to death? Because he seems to be there on Mars for a pretty long time. Yeah, right? Yeah, do you eat? Do you, do you need to drink? Do you... Like, is he is he just lying there shitting and pissing himself? What What's, what's going on? I, I thought of a possible reason for the uh, the cave. Yeah. In the cave, there is... You know you know how in, like, uh, adventure movies, you find the, the key that opens the door and... There's an amulet-shaped uh, indent on, or like a rock, right? Mm. Maybe, maybe it's the charging station for the yeah for the necklace. Yeah, that's a good point. But like, yeah, things things that happen on Earth to his body should slightly wake him up. You know, like in Avatar, uh, in during the final fight, yeah. and like Jake Sully is is you know he's fighting he's fighting someone, um, but then they go right, hang on his body's over there in in the pod that projects them into the avatars so they go after that yeah instead and so he's fighting in his avatar he's fighting in his avatar body but as they're destroying the machine that makes the avatar thing work he starts like half waking up and jumping between the two bodies like that sh- like that kind of shit should happen right like if something like an animal starts pissing on his head or a bear walks into the cave and starts making sweet sweet love to him he should like half wake up yeah I, yeah or the thern who spent most of the most of the film trying to go after him just go to that cave yeah they cuz that's what they end up that's what their plan becomes at the end right yeah Hey, do you know what, guys? We should just kill his other body. Good idea, Dave. Why didn't we think of that three months ago? Where's his other, where's his other body? Oh, in that cave that we own. <laughs> just go there, find him on the floor, teabag him for a bit, just for the funsies of it, and then fucking kill him. Well, did, did, and like, um, Strom didn't try to recruit him or anything, or like nothing like that. So there wasn't a reason to keep him alive either. Yeah, no. They, in fact... It, the fact they hated his presence there because he was ruining their plan. So they actually, the whole time, they did want him to die. Uh, and also, the magic cave is made of gold because he's always trying to get back to it. Um, yeah, someone would have found that. Someone did find it, Jeff. John Carter found it. So we get to Basum, which is fucking Mars, um, but they call it Basum. Earth is Jasum. Um, they get, he gets to Mars. He wakes up in essentially a field at the 20-minute mark. And he has these weird, weird jumping abilities, and that seems to be his only special power. Like he can't. Well, <laughs> well I mean, I mean, he's he is super strong. Yeah, they give him strength. They give him strength because they say something about bone density, and then then he can jump and shit. Yeah. So I, I when uh, when uh, Strong talks to him in the back of that carriage, and he explains why he can jump. Oh, because your bones are less dense, and therefore your body's super light, so you jump. Why would that make him strong? Yeah, right. I, I get. I can kind of like get my head around why he can jump. Okay, fair enough. We'll we'll give you that one. Why is he strong? Speak for yourself on the "we'll give you that" because I'm not even giving him the jumping thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm being, I'm being I'm being super generous, but like, yeah, 
But the, the strong thing does has literally there's not even a shit explanation for it. The jumping thing, I'm not giving him the jumping thing because one, he seems to be he seems to be able to jump like he borders on Superman. It's like there's a bit later on in the film where they're like, "Oh, can you jump me over to that building over there?" And he's like, "Jump to that building over there." Bitch, you were jumping up in into like hover ships and stuff like ten minutes ago. I don't know. I don't know why you're suddenly scared of heights. Yeah, like if you, like the first thing he does is jump miles into the air. Then he falls miles down and lands. So apparently, landing not really a problem. So why are you scared of heights? I actually, I, I was annoyed by the jumping thing so much that I googled it. And Mars has a third of our gravity, so I don't think it really matters. It wouldn't be that much. Maybe you can jump three times further than than me. Yeah, like you'd be you'd be shit off at the long jump, but you can't jump in onto um, airships and start uh, have at in it in midair. Yeah, fuck his powers. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's not like invincible, and he's not he does he can't like dodge bullets and shit. So yeah, no, just shoot shoot. Him. He can't dodge anything. He gets like this scene like five minutes into like the the Mars bit. He gets punched in the face and knocked out again. Yeah, and then even though that is true. And he keeps getting punched in the face. Then he decides to go and freaking slaughter the entire Thark army single-handedly. Yeah. You suddenly became like fucking Superman and he destroys the entire army on his own. I forgot that bit happened. But yeah, he gets uh, he meets he meets the Thark and William Defoe's character and they start calling him Virginia. Uh, because they just go with the last word that he said. And it, again, that goes into this, why is this film called John Carter, if no one calls him John Carter? Um, he gets knocked out again. He gets taken back to the Thark village, and uh, and he gets babble-fished. Babble-fished? Babble-fished? How do you say, yeah, how do you say uh, that? Babble-fish, I, I, babble I think. So he drinks some, some magic potion, and it allows us not to spend the rest of the film reading subtitles, because now everyone speaks English, or he understands whatever. Um, you're like, all right, okay, cool. No more subtitles. So, a handy potion to have um, for a world that doesn't often get visited by strangers. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, for all of the all of the cultures on this world, there's slightly too many made-up words. All the character names are like double-barreled for some reason. Jedak, uh, Jadak, which basically means leader or king. Just say that. Or I, I was, I was thinking like part, like partner maybe, or good buddy. I don't know, because like um, the the lead, the leader of the the first leader of the Thark, that they they're friends. He says it. He says it to John Carter. Calls him Jedek. Uh, no, that's Dotar Soja. No, he said he, he, near the end he calls him uh, Jedek as well. Yeah, because. William Defoe at the beginning, he's Jeddak, and then that big one with the broken tusk, he becomes Jeddak. The girl's father is Jeddak of the the humans, and then Dominic West is the Jeddak of the other humans. Just say king. Yeah, I I, I said that that went over my head. I was like, what the fuck is Jeddak? Why does people keep saying Jeddak? He's with the Thark in the Thark village and just hanging out. The human war comes up. I'm just going to call them humans because they're just people. There's a battle that happens overhead between these two warring factions of the humans. Helium. So the warring humans are, there's two cities. City one, Helium. That's the, that's the static one. It's just a normal city. It's on top of a mesa and they're the good guys. Yeah. Blue. They color code these bastards. They're the blue ones. 
Then City 2 is called Zadanga. That's the moving city. They're the bad guys, apparently, and they're red. All humans in this are referred to as red men. I thought they were referred to as, like, the white apes or something. He's uh, John Carter is referred to as a white ape, but all the all the main humans are called are called red men. Yeah, because everyone everyone looks like a British person who's now living in Spain. <laughs> is that the reason? <laughs> yeah, everyone's like everyone's like that sunburnt leather. <laughs> Everyone's like sunburnt leather, so the the green, the Tharks, they call they call all the humans red men. Even though within the humans there's two sides, one's blue, one's red, so ah fuck it. Don't colour code the two sides and then call all of them red. So two human sides, right? And then there's the Thark. So basically, you've got two sides of white people with technology fighting between each other whilst a primitive tribal group that is literally shown as not being human watch on from the sidelines, set at the same time as American Civil War. Not very subtle in its... (laughs) Whatever are you referring to, Jeffrey? (laughs) (laughs) It's very on the... It's very on its nose. You just... You've just taken, like, real-world things. Yeah, you've just come from the <laughs> Wild West, where something similar was happening. Yeah, right? And to make the tribal group literally not human is... Ah, that's a bit crook. It's <laughs> oh, a bit, bit degrading. Anyway, so they're fighting, they're fighting in the sky over it, and John Carter see, sees this. And John Carter chooses a side. He gets involved in the battle, and he ch- the side that he chooses, he bases on boobs. Yeah, so? It's my main problem with this film. He gets involved and he picks a side based on a pretty girl. Yeah, in fairness though, apparently his logic was correct because they are the good guys. So... Are they? Yeah. What does does Zadanga do that's bad? He keeps turning up and shooting people with lasers. In a war. Yeah, but there wouldn't be a war if you hadn't been shooting people with lasers. They don't say who started it. The history of the war is given to you by the Helium people. True. <laughs> I just assumed that... Yeah, fair enough. I just... I... Yeah, because cause you're eating that Helium propaganda, motherfucker. Because when he goes to Zadanga, like when he's walking through the streets, talking with Mark Strong, they just seem like normal people. Yeah, I mean Dominic West. Yeah, he's the he seems like a bit of a wrong one, but he doesn't do anything like full out evil. I mean, yeah, he twirls his mustache a little bit, but he's not he's not like fucking mowing people down outside of in actual battles against actual soldiers, which is war. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. They they don't really give a, a reason why. The two. Why, why do the two sides hate each other? They're both humans. They say, like the helium says, if uh, if Zadanga wins, then it will be the end of Basum. How? Why? Why? How possibly? What are they doing that would cause the end of the world? Like that, even that weapon that the Thern give him, it's just an advanced gun. They all have guns. It's just a nicer gun. That's all it does. Yeah, it's not like a nuke or anything. And if it was a nuke, you would have won. Yeah. So why? Yeah, why? Yeah, I suppose they just—they just basically spoon you, feed you a premise, and you're supposed to go, "All right, fine, I'll accept that." I mean, what? 
What is he doing and what could he do to end the fucking world? And I mean, normally I would, at this point, I'd say it had something to do with the fern. They're worried about the fern, but actually the, um, everyone in, in Helium don't even know about the fern. They don't even believe they exist. They don't know anything about this. I mean, the entire fucking planet's a desert. It's got three cities in it and nothing else. What are you worried about? Uh, that's another thing. The, about the resources. That's the first thing they mention is that they don't have any resources, right? Yeah. And yet they've just flown around in freaking hollow ships and suits of armor. And they've got literally everything they need except for resources. But they, yeah, they say Zadanga's bad because it's a moving city. It moves because it needs to find new resources, which is wise yeah john carter he he sides with helium because of the girl he has no idea of the political situation between these two he just believes whatever the girl tells him even though throughout the film we don't see any evidence to back up anything that says that this side is particularly good or this side is particularly bad dominic west is the bad guy because we're just told he's the bad guy john carter saves her because she's going to fall out of the ship but it's in the middle of a battle and loads of people fall out of that ship before he gets involved. She's just the first one with tits. True. And actually, Dominic West, when I think about it, he literally doesn't do anything bad. I was, I was trying to think of it. I've been trying to think of an example, but he doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, right. If, if Dominic West had tits, John Carter would have saved him. Yeah, exactly. And he would be on Zadanga's side and listening to propaganda about how Helium are a bunch of dickheads. The point of contention between these two sides seems to be that the Dominic West's bad guy leader character wants to marry um, the girl. I can't remember her name and I'm not looking it up. Um, but he, he, do, he doesn't want to marry her. Oh yeah, no, he doesn't really, does he? But he's been told that he has to by the Thern. And she she's been told that she has to by her father. Her father says, right, when we first meet the father, and her actually, he walks in surrounded by his advisors and he says, right, we've been given an ultimatum by Zadanga. How, what is the cost of saying no? And then five seconds later, when he dismisses his advisors, he turns around to her and says, the ultimatum is that you have to marry him. And by the way, you have to marry him. Motherfucker, five seconds ago, you said that you didn't really want to do this. And now you've just turned around and said, you must do your duty, bitch. Go marry stuff. He didn't want to look like a pussy in front of his mates. As soon as they left. Yeah, it's, it's, he just says, yeah, no, we must, we must resist this no matter what. Now, fuck off. Marry the dude. So, basically, she spends the whole film, like, she has to be prin Princess jasmine off. She keeps saying, she says over and over again to John Carter, especially the bit where I turned off when they're in the middle of the desert. She keeps saying that she'll do anything for Helium. She'll give her life for Helium. Okay, marry the dude. Uh, I don't want to. Right. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Not doing that. <laughs> to be fair, she was taught hypocrisy by her father. Like, she keeps going, I will do anything. I will give my life. I shall fight to the end. Okay, just marry the dude. <laughs> no. Joy. And I love the way she used the argument as well. Um, I'll do anything. I'll give my life for this one. And you should too, John Carter, who's never been here before and doesn't know anything about this culture and doesn't belong here. So why should you have to do this, John Carter? Why are you guilt-tripping him into yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, uh, he, because he, yeah, he, I tell you what, that's the point. That's a good point, mate. 
because in that conversation, that's when she first mentions that the other guy will cause the end of the world. Yeah. In that conversation. Will he? Do you reckon she's just a massive liar? Yeah, no, because... You know the old Bill, uh, Bill Hicks thing about um, uh, the war in Iraq, and it's like no one really, no one in America really cares. And he's like, "Oh, so Saddam Hussein's a really, really bad guy." Yeah. So, oh yeah, no, he's like killing his own people. Yeah. So, um, okay, how do we get people enthusiastic about this? You know, Saddam, he kills dogs. He kills puppies. Fucker. <laughs> we ought to get that guy. <laughs> she does that to him. And that's how she gets it. It's pure propaganda. All of this is bullshit. <laughs> She's just a massive liar. She even lies to him that she can't translate that, that necklace and when she could. Yeah, totally could. Lying, lying motherfucker. Also, she's been married off. Right, political marriages are normal here, and especially at the time that this was written. You would think if there's war, war between the only two cities on your planet... <laughs> that a political marriage between the two of them would be the best option for peace, right? Well, yeah. There's no third party to get involved. Well, John Carter. But no, she's like, she's like, no, fuck that. I want to kill them all. Uh, I think you might be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. She's a liar and a murderous, slanderous cow at the same time. John Carter... The, the the girl and the 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 Thern daughter Thark daughter Tharks and Therns. I'm gonna get that wrong way around multiple times. The 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 Thark girl, who's played by Samantha Morton, they go off into the desert for reasons unknown, and they come across the temple of Isis 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 the river Is. They I don't know what it's called. Isis Isis Isis. The temple of Isis. I I wrote I wrote I wrote it down in my notes and I wrote Isis but it auto corrected to issues so so my note is the temple of issues and I was going to correct it but then I went yeah no um. that's correct this is a temple of issues <laughs> <laughs> so right they take a boat and I was immediately like hang on wait wait one fucking minute when she was talking to John Carter, and and John Carter says, "No, I come, from, I come from Earth, uh, I come from Earth or whatever," and she says, "Oh, do you not have sh- ha- have ships in the sky that sail on uh, sail on on sunlight or whatever the fuck it's called? Do you not have ships that sail in the sky?" And she, he goes, "No, we have ships that sail on water." And she just looks at him like he's fucking like he's fucking mad. And he says, "You know, water open uh, the open sea." And so she's like, "I don't understand. No, that's fucking crazy." And then five minutes later, she's in an actual boat like it ain't no thing. <laughs> it's like motherfucker, you <laughs> you like about that as well? What the fuck? You know what a boat is? There's there's water here, and you're on a boat. You looked at him like he was fucking crazy five minutes ago for even suggesting the idea of water and boats and shit. And you're standing on one now, like like it's normal. Later on, by the way, because then I thought, oh, maybe it's because of the concept of the sea. That's what she, that's what she's talking about. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking as well. But later on, in in the, during the wedding scene, the person who's officiating the wedding, she's talking about the mythology of the of where the moons came from. Seth. And you're nodding because you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> she says that they they were born from the sea. So you've got seas then. Yep. Well, <laughs> so where were they born? 
So, uh, the the temple thing, the title of this section, I've called it The Temple That the Humans Have Never Seen Before, Even Though They Can Fly in Shit. Like, they can fly, they can see shit from the air, and she's looking up at this temple going, oh, I've never known such a thing could exist. You can fly, motherfuckers. You probably... F- <laughs> this is a water source as well. How have you not seen this before? Water's pretty rare here, right? So when you saw that water, you probably looked in that direction a little bit. How did you not see the temple? Anyway, in, they go inside the temple and they talk about this ninth ray stuff, which is the magical blue shit that... Uh, it, it's the weapon that Dominic West uses, which is basically a gun, but slightly nicer. Yeah. What the fuck is with that weapon, by the way? The, the technology, it's just, that blue stuff is just technology or something? Mm. Seems so. And it also powers the, powers the, um, uh, the amulet. But they don't really go into what it is or why, why the fuck anyone should care about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can ima- imagine if, uh, like, she's trying to make that invention, right, at the beginning. Yeah. So, like, if it could be an unlimited power source and but somehow get their water back and whatever, then fair enough. But Yeah, and her invention, by the way, I didn't make a note on this, but her invention works. It gets sabotaged. Yeah, by the thirds. So it's not that big of a secret if she can just make a machine that does this shit anyway. I mean, it's slightly bulkier than their version, but fuck it, it works. Yeah, exactly. The Thern. Speaking of the Therns, they're gods who feed off life uh, from multiple planets, because that's what in Mark Strong's explanation of what ha- what what they are and what they're doing. Mars is dying, and one day they'll move on to Earth. Is is the implication? And they've done is Mars isn't the first. Earth won't be the last. They've done this multiple times. They just feed off life. Okay, okay. I guess. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah. I, I guess. You- you just kind of have to accept that because otherwise, no, you don't have to accept that. It's fucking bullshit. I don't, I don't understand who these sterns are, where they come from, why they feed off energy. Well, even if they feed off energy of planets, why, why are they like trying to set up the leader of planets and shit? What's the point? I did. I tell you what. I the only thing, the only thing I did like uh, that uh, he did was when he's talking. When they're on their way to the temple, Mark Mark Strong, he talks to Dominic West for a bit, um, giving him instructions on what to do, and then he's talking telepathically to his mates, going, "Oh, they're near the temple. We must, we must, we must intercept them." And it just gets really close up onto his face, and he just goes, "I'm there now," and it pulls out, and he's just standing on top of the temple. But then he doesn't actually do anything. Wait, does he? Can he teleport? Yeah, he can teleport. <laughs> So again, just go to the cave and kill him. He's just lying on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking. I didn't know they. Could, I didn't know he could teleport. I, did, I must have looked. He teleports from Zadanga to the temple, but then at the temple he doesn't do anything other than tell the Tharks that John Carter like kills a million of in like five minutes, <laughs> and then becomes and then becomes best friends with them such shortly afterwards. Yeah, their only thing seems to be to keep the ninth ray, whatever the fuck it is, secret, even though they, they're handing it out willy-nilly like candy, like they give it to Dominic West. And the girl builds her own, like we, we talked about. So, uh, uh, this is where they explain that John is just a projection, so he's just lying in that cave. Uh, Dominic West gets his girl. What's this? Oh, yeah. There's some blah, 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 blah. I think we're skipping a whole bunch of stuff here, but Dominic West turns up 
and he gets she gets taken back to Zadanga. So does John Carter because he gets punched in the face again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Superpower. And then he hide then he hides in the roof and then comes out and gets punched in the face again. It's superpower, the inability to dodge a punch. There's that big the big jump that he says, Oh, I don't know if I can make that and then he just does it anyway. And he takes that dude that's like her guard or whatever the f- he's a general but he doesn't really do anything and he meets her and she's she's wearing her like wedding dress and she looks down at it and she's just going oh this is kind of embarrassing and like it's revealing like her outfit's revealing i'm like motherfucker you've been wearing like a metal bikini all the way through this fucking thing yeah we can see less of you now that we have throughout the whole movie now, now you've put, you've got actual normal, vaguely normal clothes on. You've been, yeah, you've been rocking a. It's probably it's pro- probably because she's a warrior and now she's dressed all girly. Bit of a time jump here. After some to and fro, John goes back to the Tharks. Who <laughs> welcome him back with open arms? Welcome him back with open arms because there's been there's a there's a pointless power play by the dude with the broken tusk. Um, who again he's in he's in charge for like a day and a half before John does this arena battle against actual white apes. Which is why I thought maybe I made a mistake when thinking that Thugs called him a white ape. Because I was like, oh, there are actually white apes. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I was thinking that at the beginning as well. I'm just like, white apes, are there other animals on this planet? Because it seems like no. It's a big desert with nothing in it, except for you guys. There's no food and water. What are you guys eating, by the way? Ape. Ape. Uh, Pointless power play. This thing with the other guy. Just cut that out. Who gives a shit? Yeah, it was fucking irrelevant. And because there's that guy. There's the there's the girl who kept dobbing in the other um uh, Willem Dafoe's daughter. Ah, yeah. Who's just sneering from the side and like you. Sorry to be racist, CG characters, but y'all fucking look the same. I don't. (laughs) They literally do. I can't differentiate between any of you fuckers. So yeah, all of that is pointless. And then, like you alluded to at the beginning, he does his big rousing speech. He does his uh, uh, Jake Suley avatar, Last of the Mohicans, a bunch of other shit speech. The it's it's the white savior thing of this is the dude from outside who doesn't live here who's going to solve everyone's problems for you. But yeah, that very specific thing of going into like a tribal community and uh, it, like in Avatar, like in Last of the Mohicans and saying, I'll be your leader. And everyone like, yeah, lead us, Jake Sully. His name's not Jake Sully, John Carter, John Carter, John Carter. Write it down, John Carter. They go to Zadanga, but it's empty. Right, because they've, they've all gone to Helium for the wedding. They've all gone to Helium for the wedding. Well, all the people... There's just like one guy <laughs> in the entire city. Yeah, no, they're out. They don't, they don't have citizens, only soldiers. Um, helium's too far away, apparently. Um, so the Thark don't want to go because they'd have to fly there. Um, and they don't fly for some reason. They don't fly, and I think they have some aversion to going in. They have an aversion to going into the temple. Um, they, there's a whole bunch of shit that they don't do. Um, it's exactly the same as the Apache with the with the with the Golden Cave. <sighs> Again, little on the nose. Some some reason they wouldn't go in. It's almost like Jeff. I don't don't know if you may have noticed this or not, but it's almost like 
the Tharks are, are like the Apaches themselves. Are, are, are you saying that they might be a metaphor, or, or may I say, stand-in for something that's happening in, in real in real world at the time? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, seems a little on the nose, um, and and vaguely fucked. Um, John goes to Helium by himself. He takes one of the speeders and he just goes to the to the city by himself. A city, by the way, he's never been to before. And that can move. No, helium's the the static one. Oh, sorry, he's going to helium. Okay, sorry, you're right. Okay, fr- from the st- from the starting point of a place that moves. So he he fucks off by himself to a place that he's never been before on a planet where there's only three cities, and he manages not to just die three days alone in the desert, not knowing which direction he was going in. He's very resourceful, Jeff. It's another one of his superpowers. Because because of the density because of the density of his bones. He has very good directional instincts, like a home, like a homing pigeon. He flies into the wedding. He goes straight up to the building, looks through the fucking window. No security whatsoever. Even though all of the soldiers are there. Um, <laughs> interrupts, interrupts the wedding like it's fucking Wayne's World. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and then Sedanga invade because they're just waiting outside. They're just waiting outside. Does no one notice? It's a desert. Did you not see them coming? Hide. Where? Also, the main city is on a mesa that's linked to the rest of the land with a bridge. Blow the bridge. Yeah, that would work. That would help, anyway. Blow the bridge, you fucking dildos. Or, like, barricade it. Uh, the The Tharks turn up, and they fight... They fight on the side of helium, although I personally think they should have killed them all. Yeah, they should have let them dwindle each other's numbers down a little bit, weaken them both sides, and when they're at their weakest, jump in and destroy them all. So, they have a big fight. Um, Mark Strong and Dominic West, they both escape. They don't die in this. Yeah. But to be fair, no Strong can shapeshift into any form, even though he does manage to get caught. Because he keeps shape-shifting into the form of someone who's there, not only there, but actually being looked, he's being looked, uh, looked for by. Like, he turns into John Carter at one point. Like, what an obvious one not to turn into. You'll definitely be found. I'll just, uh, just disappear, you dick. Dominic West, though, he just skedaddles out of an open door. Yeah, runs off with his tail between his legs. Because he doesn't... Because he doesn't have a super advanced weapon to use to fight them without a super advanced weapon. Oh wait, he does. So those two escape, and then John marries the girl. No one objects. Father's like, yeah, no, seems alright. This dude that we've never met before, yeah, fine. Um, he was watching the the father was watching the movie with us the whole time, so he actually did witness the entire uh, everything that went on between them, and he realizes their relationship is very strong. So. He has his wedding. He has his wedding. He has his wedding night. That's key. Um, and then, why the fuck does he randomly throw his pendant away? Just all of, all of a sudden, as soon as he did that, I was like, "Well, something bad's going to happen now, isn't it?" He throws the thing over the balcony and said, "Right, well, now I don't have that anymore." And then he turns around, and Mark Strong just grabs him and just goes, um, "Jasum," and sends him back. Yeah. Without abandonment. Why Why has it taken you so long to do this, Mark Strong? You could have done this at literally any moment before. You could have done this to any of the bad guys. You could have done it to the 
population of helium if you wanted to and just send them all to a cave in fucking um, Virginia. In fact, let's assume that to do this earlier was was really, really difficult and he couldn't do it. Why does he, he can just himself obviously go back to the cave and find yeah. the body. So it can't be too difficult to kill a dead, lifeless body. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just go back to the cave and murk him while he's asleep. Anyway, John gets sent back. He wakes up in the cave. Brian Cranston is a skeleton in the doorway? Yeah, I was wondering so I was wondering that earlier if, if like time has passed while he's been out of his body, or time moves differently between the two places. And while he's in suspended animation, maybe he doesn't age or some shit. But why why would it be different time frames? Because I, how long is he on Mars? Is a week at most. Yeah, but that's but that, I mean that's why that's why I'm trying to think of some. There must be some. What, how, how did the skeleton, the skull, happen? Anyway, he spends ten years to try to find another medallion. He finds another medallion, and then all of that shit from the beginning happens, where he's got a big nice house, assumably from the gold, and he sends for his nephew. His nephew inherits his wealth and the diary. The nephew starts reading the diary, and that's what the story of the film is. And then he gets to the end, and then the, and then realizes um, that he needs to open the 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 crypt. Crypt. Thank you. I was trying to find the word for it. He opens the crypt, but then a thern turns up. John Carter, whose name again I forgot nearly. <laughs> <laughs> shoots the thern in the back because again they're just dudes then john he tells he tells his um tells his uh nephew oh well cheers for that keep keep watch i'm going back for more adventures and then closes the crypt and that's the thing i think all of these films that we're going to look at for this they keep they do this right at the end it's the cheeky wink over the shoulder just go what adventures are coming next none <laughs> <laughs> The title card comes up and it goes John Carter dot 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 of Mars and they have like a nice little logo thing um, going on which is so was supposed to be the franchise's logo. Credits. Anything about the main film? So yeah, I'm going to ask you a different difficult question. What did you like about this movie? That it ended. Okay, that's a, that's not fair. That's cheating. <laughs> What are three things you liked about this movie? What are three things that I liked about this movie? I don't know. I don't think I liked anything in this movie. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I'm going to say Mark Strong is the best thing in it. Yeah, but even that wasn't that good. That was just the best thing in it. I do like Mark Strong, but I didn't even like his character in this. I didn't understand why his character was in this i don't yeah it was shit the whole thing was fucking fucking crap do, do, uh, do you know the story surrounding this film not at all all right okay shall we go into the aftermath this had a budget 306 million dollars it's take home 284 million. Oh, not as bad as i as i thought i thought it was like 80 million Oh, uh, no, it wasn't that bad, but still, there's Nate in um, But, um, yeah, it did not break even. It is one of the most expensive films ever made. Adjusted for inflation, it's number 15 on the list of expensive movies ever made. It is also one of the biggest box office bombs 
in history. Do you want to guess which number it is? Um, one? <laughs> yeah. It is the number one, still, it is the number one biggest box office bomb ever. Still, good to be famous for something, eh? The projected loss of this film is a hundred is between a hundred and thirty to two hundred and thirty million dollars. Disney's stock price went down because of this. <laughs> That's where most of that loss comes from. It was wiped off the company's value itself. Good job, guys. Looking at the list of the ten biggest box office bombs, six of them are Disney films. Really? Yeah. Because they just they just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Well, yeah, no, they take a lot of swings, but fuck me, do they have a lot of misses in there? Um, all top three, at the top ten, six of them are Disney. All top three are Disney. What what are the top three? John Carter's number one, Strange World. Strange World. It's an animated film. It's quite recent, actually. Pretty much straight away went to streaming on Disney Plus. Never heard of it. It was post-pandemic as well. It, they could have put it in the cinemas, but they didn't. They just put it straight on D- Disney Plus. So no fucker watched it. Um, and The Lone Ranger with um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah, thank you very much. I tell you what. Also, out of the top top ten biggest box office bombs, Taylor Kitsch is in two of them. Taylor Kitsch. John Carter. Oh, that guy. He is the lead. He's 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 the lead actor. Look at his IMDb. His biggest two films are also the world's biggest box office bombs. This, the number one. Let's not forget and Battleship. <laughs> that was was Battleship. Battleship. Um, uh, a Disney movie. Yes. No. 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 It's not. No. No. Battleship is not a Disney movie. Ah. Oh. Okay. Is, is the, that is the one where they basically play the, the board game battleships with real ships and uh, lasers from space. Yeah, Gene. Over the years since this film came out, there's been there's been a lot of um, talk about why it failed. Most of the blame goes on poor marketing. For a start, the book it's um, the film itself is based on a book. Um, the book is from 1912 called Princess of Mars. It's fairly obscure fairly old i don't think many people outside of north america know of the book's existence yeah so i mean marketing would have been useful better marketing the book though is influential like star wars took a lot of influence from the book george lucas has said that oh yeah no it was an inspiration it was one of the many things that i pulled from so a lot of modern um sci-fi was influenced by the book but then the film Appears, because not many people know the book, when the film comes out, it looks like it's referencing Star Wars. Even though it's more original. And all of these other things. So it feels unoriginal, even though it's actually based on ah. the thing that influenced. So it looks derivative, even though it's not. It's it's based on the original thing that Star Wars and shit was based on. But everyone just looked at it and went, I'd rather watch Star Wars. I'd, I'd rather watch Star Wars. Is that why it comes across as so inauthentic and like a, I don't know, just un, I don't know. I could I couldn't suspend the fourth wall, uh, not the fourth wall. You know what I mean? Disbelief. I couldn't. Yeah, I, just, I couldn't get into it like I can most other movies. 
So yeah, when it came to the marketing, because it seems they were afraid it was going, people were going to perceive it as derivative. So the marketing was purposely vague about what the film was about. So when you watched the trailers, you, you came away going, "Huh? I, I don't know what this film is about. What is it?" Also, the title. It's just called John Carter. Why is it just called John Carter? Who's who? The fuck's John Carter? It's not descriptive of what the film is about. The guy's not famous. It's a reference to a very obscure novel, which is called something else. What is this thing? Well, they were probably hoping that the mystery of it would uh, get people searching, and nah, just a stupid name. <laughs> I read they were going to call it Princess of Mars. They should have called it Princess of Mars. But they said, oh, because people won't be interested in watching a film about a princess. I'm like, you're Disney! It's your fucking business model! <laughs> they, were gonna, they were also going to call... When they changed it to John Carter, they were going to call it John Carter of Mars, what they call it at the end. Because um, that's what the logo is at the end. If you look on the poster for the film, in the bottom, uh, in the bottom right corner, there's that logo, the JCM which was going to be the franchise logo but they just called the film john carter it was going to be john carter of mars from the beginning but they got afraid and took it off because <laughs> box office bombs list going back to that number 11 on that is a film called mars needs moms it's an animated film from disney it tanked it was pretty much it should have been like straight to video anyway really but it did very very badly like it's a shit film and no one was interested in watching it and then the executives went mate probably because of the mars thing <laughs> what about mars yeah attacks? they assumed that it tanked because of its connection with mars so <laughs> they took the mars off of the john carter title Ah, it's because it has the because it, it has the word from in it. So they changed the title from the original book because pe they didn't think people would be in interested in princesses, and they took Mars off the title because they didn't think people would be interested in Mars, and they because it, it tested badly. Yeah. So that's the the main reason why it um, seemed to fail. Also, they kind of got cold feet before it was released, and they didn't do any like they didn't. There's no toys for this. It was supposed to be their big fr new franchise. They didn't do any toys. They didn't do any tie-ins. They didn't do any deals with like McDonald's and shit. Um, they even at the Disney parks they didn't do events or anything for it. They did a TED talk because. Famously, everyone who's a movie lover also loves watching TED Talks. They did a TED Talk, and I think the TED Talk is about like about the projection to Mars system, and that's what that's about. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> um, there's also a theory that um, when this one of the reasons why it failed was because when it was written, it was written in 1912. 1912's knowledge of Mars, like you don't have really high def uh, telescopes and shit, so you can't really. We we know too much about Mars now to be able to suspend our disbelief that shit's going on up there. Like we can just look at it and go, "Yep, yeah, no." Yeah, most of us. So maybe maybe if they changed it to like a different planet in a different solar system, maybe. <sighs> but we know for a fact. There, there's nothing there, so this is all bollocks. Yeah, that's why. Star, that's another reason why Star Wars works, right? It's a galaxy far, far away, and a long, long time ago. 
Like, 1912's knowledge of Mars, yeah, you could suspend your disbelief and, like, fantasise and shit, but now we can just look at it and go, no, no, no. Nah. <laughs> um, it's dead. The only awards it won was for its soundtrack. <laughs> was I, I don't even remember the soundtrack. Was it good? Uh, I can't remember anything from it. <laughs> so, obviously, very memorable. That's good. Afterwards, right, the full full fallout of this... Rich Richard Ross, the head of Walt Disney Studios at the time, he had to resign because of this. Um, a digital effects company that did the work on the white apes, they put a lot of um, money into the development of like the CGI, and they lost a lot of work afterwards. Because this bombed so hard, everyone for a period avoided doing things with CGI creatures. Oh, that's, at least one good thing came from it. Lynn Collins, who plays the girl... Um, it was her first and last lead role. Sorry, Lynn. Taylor Kitsch had Battleship, but little else. Um, and the director, Andrew Stanton, he, he went back to Pixar. He was an animation director, and then he went, did this, and it tanked really hard, and so he went back to Pixar. He's made other stuff since, but he's talked about this. This is still, this is still a thing that, that, that burns in his soul. He made um, Finding Dory. Wow. Wow, that, that's, a, that's quite a lot of uh, lives changed just because of the outcome of this one movie. Uh, all of the sequels, it was a planned trilogy. All sequels were immediately cancelled. Um, it was going to be revealed eventually that there's... You know how the moving city is drilling holes in the surface, but then it doesn't really explain why it's doing it? I, I, I didn't notice that, actually. Yeah, it's really quick. It's at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the the film. It's revealed later that there's another race that lives underground, that's super advanced with super advanced technology and shit like that, um, and that it was kind of maybe an attempt to reach them or or um, still sh- I don't know, I don't know because everything was cancelled and I'm not reading the books. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this also this also marks the. Marks the time period. It's not the reason why, but it marks the time period of when Disney started to do live-action remakes of their animated films, like Cinderella and and all of that. So th- instead of making something original, they seem to pivot all of their attention into, oh, we can just remake our back catalogue. Well, let's do that instead. Yeah, some of those live-action things... I, like Aladdin, I quite liked Aladdin, but I still think that even that was unnecessary. I mean, why? Because they can. It's they've got uh, unlimited. Well, not an unlimited. There's only so many films. I, there is one thing like, I know from my university students who all loved it, who've never seen the original Aladdin. It did get an entirely new generation to appreciate those stories. So there is that for it. That's one good reason, I guess. As far as trope goes, it is it is it's exposition for two hours. Yeah, I mean this is this is a, a perfectly good example of why some franchises don't jump, don't get off. Bad marketing, bad cast, bad well, CG was CG was good uh, from a bad uh, bad source source. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Source material. John Cut, yeah, bad source material, bad acting, shit storyline. Like, literally everything bad that you can think about is 
a good reason why this franchise didn't take off. I had never read the Lord of the Rings books when the films came out, but Fellowship of the Ring, I was not on board with at the beginning. It took me until Two Towers before I was like, oh yeah, shit, no, okay, right, I, I'm in now. I can watch, not that Fellowship of the Ring is bad, I can re-watch Fellowship of the Ring, I appreciate Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring is one of those films where you go, I know what the ending of this is, so this makes the beginning, like, a bit sweet to watch. But because this one didn't go anywhere, and because it was a purely exposition all the way through, this is the world, this is how it works, this guy's important for some reason, and you're like, uh, is it? I don't know. Why do I care? Why are we all trying to save this planet, which is just literally a desert except for these three cities? And also doesn't seem to be any, any actual trouble. Yeah, it just seems to be like a fairly small war between these two cities, which... They're not even countries. <laughs> An unnecessary and easily, like, stopped war as well. Just marry the guy, for fuck's sake. Oh, well, Lost Princesses, it's usually their job. It's Dominic West. You're not doing bad there. And he's a fucking king. They, it also has this weird framing device with the with the the diary on Earth with the nephew reading it. It's just like levels of complication that you just didn't need. Just get to the point, tell your story, and then fuck off. Harsh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> just uh, yeah, no. I was just like, at the end. I can't even remember any of your names, including the guy who's named after the fucking film. Um, right. So that's John Carter. Um, Next week, we'll be looking at The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Um, Carl, uh, where can people find you if you wish to be found? Uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I can't remember my... I can never remember my name on it, though. I don't need to be found. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube and uh, TikTok at The Badger's Apprentice and on Twitter at TBA underscore tweets. Um, so, uh, I think that's it for now. We'll see you next week with The Mummy. Peace out.